This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 39 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hello, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show here from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHP in Kansas City. This is the Sports Psychology Hour, and I'm here every week delving into the world of sports psychology. We try to talk about topics on this show that affect you as an athlete, as a coach, as a parent, as an official, as a fan. The mind, how it affects us, positively, negatively. Confidence. What is it? How do you build it? How do you destroy it? What's a positive attitude? How does a negative attitude affect you in a, in a derogatory way? What about concentration and focus? How do you concentrate and focus to be the best you can be? All these things, preparation, mental preparation, mindsets, communication, developing the desire, the sacrifice, the commitment level that you need to have. What about stress? What about tension? What about pressure? Pressure, yeah, there's that word. What is it? Well, today I want to talk about something that is probably the most important word when it comes to sports. Actually, maybe life. And I guess in a sense it's two words because it's self-confidence. What is confidence? How do we build it? How do we destroy it? I've talked about it a lot in this show. But you know what? The, the, the past week I had several new clients in my office and confidence was the same topic in different ways for all of them. A couple of them said, Doc, I have no confidence. I'm like, well, you, if you had no confidence, you'd be dead. You have to have confidence to be alive. Gets you out of bed in the morning. It's motivation. Your confidence gets you going and doing things. So when you say you have none, that's just not true because you couldn't function without it. But we can get to the point where we feel like we have none because of negativity and failure. And let's face it, we have just survived the 2020 election, which thank goodness is behind us now. And confidence has been a big topic talked about by a lot of people across the board. When it comes to sports, what does it mean? How do you develop confidence? How do you build it? How do you destroy it? That's what I want to get into today. And I'd love to hear from you if you have a comment or would like to contribute to the conversation because how we build confidence comes from a lot of different ways. I've got my own perspective as 40 years as a sports psychologist, been here on the radio for 29 years in Kansas City. Our shows are podcasted and rebroadcast around the country. And I've worked with professional, Olympic, college, high school, youth athletes. I've played sports my whole life. And believe me, I, confidence was my big problem growing up because 
when I played tennis, I choked under pressure because I tried too hard because I, I had to win. I needed to win so bad that my confidence would go. And today I see it with young athletes, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, whatever, talking to me. I, and and it's, it's, it's a shame that I see 11 and 12-year-olds in my office, but I do see a lot of them because they have been negatively impacted by coaches when they were seven and eight. Just yesterday, I had a baseball player, high school baseball player and football player, and a very good one, as a matter of fact. He will be playing one of those sports in college. He has a chance to actually play either. And we were talking, and as the discussion went along, he started crying. 17-year-old young man. He said, Dr. Jacobs, it's my confidence. So what, what do you think the problem is as we got into this? So we started talking about things, and when he was 11, 11 years of age, he's playing baseball. And he's now 17. He's a high school junior. But he remembers this like it was last week. He said, I was playing left field and the ball came out and it went under my glove behind me to the wall. And the two runners on base scored. I ran back and got the ball, threw it in. Nobody else scored. And when I came in, the coach screamed and yelled at me and cussed at me. Told me I was blanking terrible. And said, because of you, we're probably going to lose. That was six years ago. This young man's now 17, and he's sitting in my office crying. Crying. Because this coach said that to him. I said, well, what, what happened from there? I went, sat on the bench, and he glared at me. And the game ended the next inning, and he was never nice to me after that. I said, did you say anything to your parents? He said, no. I was embarrassed. Were your parents at the game? He said, you know, I don't remember. Seven, six, seven years later, this young man, he's been carrying this with him all these years. Because a coach yelled at him because a ball went through his legs at 11. Cursed at him. And his confidence, he said, has never been the same. Well, I said, so you know what? We've got a, we've got a big job ahead of us because we're going to build it back. Why has it been, why has it been like this? Because I'm always scared to screw up. I'm always scared to make a mistake. I'm always scared I'm going to let people down. I'm going to let my teammates down, let my coaches down, let my parents down. So you're going to let your parents down because a ball goes through your legs? I said, if you're going to let your parents down for that, they need to be in here every, every day, not weekly. Because that's ridiculous. His parents are good people, so he's not going to let them down, but that's his fear. So I want to hear from you. If you are a coach, how do you build the confidence in your kids up? And have you, if you're brave enough to call the show, realize there was a time when you screwed it up. You screwed up their confidence because you got angry at them because they messed up. We'll take calls from anywhere around the country for listening. And I'd love to find out from you 
if your confidence was ever damaged by a coach. At the same time, was your confidence built up by a coach? And how did that coach help you get better? You know, I talk all the time about the role of a coach. A coach is a role model, a guide, a psychologist, a disciplinarian, a friend. Coaches are positive and have great influences on people, but they can also have negative influences too. Let's see what Craig has to say. Craig, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. I just I want to say one thing. I love your show, and your show should definitely be on a podcast. It is, sir. It, it is. is. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. It's pod. Just so you know, it's podcasted here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. It's also podcasted on my website, winnersunlimited.com, and it's uh, on SoundCloud, Apple, iTunes, Spotify. It's all over the place. It's it, the, the replay of the show is podcasted. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, I mean, the way I, I coach and the way I build confidence is just use what the kid or the athlete does best. It just builds, it just builds off that. And, and, you know, use those things to, you know, help him uh, use those building blocks to uh, be better. Let me let me ask you. So when a, a, what what sport, what age do you coach? Uh, small college and high school. Oh, OK. So you're coaching young men. Yes. All right. So when they make a mistake, what do you say to them? Do you say nothing? Let me, and let me just do you say nothing? Do you ignore them? Do you talk with them? What do you do? I ask them. How, how, why did the mistake happen? And if we can, if if he knows why it happened, then we can correct it because that's kind of how it was when I played. A coach would say, "What did what did you do wrong?" And if I know what I did wrong, then we can go from there. But if if they didn't know what they did wrong, then that's when we have to start, uh, you know, figuring things out. But I was a player that I instantly knew what I did wrong, and I could and then I could say, you know, it really was no need for the coach to parade me or anything like that because I already know what the what what happened you know why I dropped the ball or why I missed a tackle or something like that well here's the thing you know I'd like you to hold on over our break Craig I want to talk with you more when we come back from our commercial break because I've got some questions for you about this okay because I I, I I like what you're saying but I want to ask you some questions about certain situations and see how you react to it so if you don't mind holding on we're going to go to a break here and come back and we'll continue our conversation This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Today's topic is building and destroying self-confidence. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist... With 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. 
America. Your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by End Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. Olivia, from Washington. Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger, from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel, from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna, from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha, from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour, and I'm here every Sunday morning in Kansas City from 6 to 7 on our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB. And our shows are rebroadcast around the country and podcasted a number of places. You can listen to it. And I'm talking to Craig right now, who called up before the break. We're talking about self-confidence. So, Craig, I want to ask you, you coach high school and college football players, correct? Correct. Okay. Have you ever had a young man come up to you and say, Coach, I'm just not confident. I, I, I don't know if I can do it. Have you ever had that before? I haven't. I haven't, but I've, I've had it in myself, though. I've lost confidence before. Why? Why'd you lose it? Um, when I 
when I got to well, when I played high school, it it just seemed like the the longer I played, the game wasn't getting as fun anymore. Like when I played high school, it was it was it was fun. You know, you didn't take things too serious. And then when I went to college or junior college, it almost seemed like playing football was was like a job. A job, right? And yeah. I well, wasn't, yeah. And I wasn't like nobody prepared me for. And you know, it was like watching film, going to practice, lifting weights, going to school. And it was it got it just got too much for me. And then I ended up being ineligible. I didn't play for a year, and it seemed like that year that I I guess you could say took off kind of gave me my confidence back, made me start having fun again. And I didn't I didn't take the game as I mean I was still you know I wanted to win, but it, a lot of things that I took serious, it, it just wasn't as serious that I you know as a. 17, 18-year-old kid, you know, I kind of grew up and, you know, it, it got better for me. So when you have when you have a young man, because of your experience, when you have a young man you're coaching, who you can tell is lacking confidence, how do you help him? I just I, I just tell him it's, it's not as serious as you think it is. You know, there are a lot, you know, you got to think that, you know, LeBron James misses shots, Tyreek Hill drops the ball, Offensive linemen jump off sides. I mean, there are a lot of mistakes in sports that that are correctable. You know, even Jeff Bezos has lost money. Like, think you know, mistakes happen. He has. I didn't I, know that. I, I think he has. I'm, I'm almost positive <laughs> he has. <laughs> well, yeah, I like what I what I what I always do what I always do, Craig, is I, I ask a lot of questions of my clients when they come in, and I always ask them this question when we talk about this: Do you know what record Kobe Bryant broke two years before he retired? God rest his soul. Do you know what that is? I do not. Most missed shots in the history of the NBA, and he played two more years. Oh wow! <laughs> so what's what's that mean about him then? What do you think that means? He never lost his confidence. He wasn't afraid to fail. Yeah, he wasn't afraid to fail. I and, mean, and that's that's what I, I, even though I play sports, I still have that. I mean, I'm a 38 year old man, and there are some jobs at at the job that I work that I might not apply for because I'm not sure if I can do that job or not when I really need to just get over that. Why, why not go for it? Craig, why not go for it? Because I, I guess I'm a, I don't want to look like I can't do the job or I'm afraid to, to fail or what, you know. Listen, listen, you know, I, I, I see a lot of athletes and I have over my 40 years of work who have been successful and have been unsuccessful, but the ones who've been unsuccessful are the ones in the end who become successful later True. because they learn that. And I have a lot of kids who've, you know, they've always been the star. I have a soccer player I'm working with right now, a high school soccer player. He's always been the star of his team. I've got a college, a college soccer player. She was always, she's a freshman. This young man's a junior. They've always been the stars of their team and now they're not starting and it's like they don't know how to deal with it. So and now their confidence has been affected. So I think you have to learn how to fail, how to screw up how to make mistakes when you're younger and be told it's okay, be told it's part of the game and not be scared of it. And then that's going to help your confidence as you get older. And that, that's something you can probably help these young men with when you work yeah. with them. My, my daughter is, is the same way. She's uh, seven. And when she turned seven, we tried to get her in the tumbling. She didn't, she didn't want to do it. She ended up doing it. And now she only goes one day a week, but if she could go every day, she would. But then I told you know, and she dances around. I said, "You need, you should stay. You should go to dance." I don't want to dance because I don't want to dance in front of anybody. My wife got her to go to dance, and now she wants to go every day. And I mean, so now her confidence, her tumbling and dance is just 
through the roof now, but before you couldn't get her to. Well, Craig, that's because you got her to overcome her fear. Listen, sir, I want to thank you for calling and tell tell people about the show. Okay, let people listen. And like I said, it is podcasted all over the place. So especially here at Sports Radio 10, my website, SoundCloud, Apple iTunes, Spotify, everywhere. So good luck and call back again. Love to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your call. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. The topic today is confidence. How do you build it? How do you destroy it? If you're an athlete, have you ever had your confidence impacted positively or negatively by a coach? By a teammate? By an opponent? What about a fan? There was a Major League Baseball player I worked with for years. And when we first started working together, he was a young man. We worked together for close to 20 years. And he would say, Doc, why do people yell, why do people yell at me like that when I mess up? I said, because they're jealous. Because they, they wish they could be out there doing it. And so insulting you makes them feel better. It makes them puff up their chest. I said, don't listen to them. Who matters to you? Most important person in my life is my mother. So when he was a young man. I said, then you know what? Does she yell at you when you screw up? He looked, Doc, really? I said, well, then there you go. What does she say to you when you screw up? She asked me why I messed up and how I can do better the next time. Well, that's called building confidence. He went on the pitch for 20 years. And I'll tell you what it is, Tom Gordon. He's been on the show many times. I love Tom Gordon, Flash Gordon. Had the major league record for 54 saves in a row. Young man who learned to become the very best at what he did And he's talked about it on the show before when he's been on here. Because confidence is the ability to believe in yourself, but also the ability to understand that you will make mistakes, you will screw up, you will will do things wrong. And you don't want to, but it's okay. Because it's part of sport. All right, I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach, just like Craig who called in here a few minutes ago, how do you build the confidence in your kids that you coach? If you're an athlete, Has your confidence been affected positively or negatively by a coach, by a teammate, by your parents? And how do you overcome that? I'd like to hear from you, get your thoughts on this. It's what it's all about. If you've got the confidence to succeed, you will get there. And if you lack it, the failure will overcome you. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. 
One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. And today's topic is this, self-confidence. How do you build it? How do you destroy it? Just had a great call from Craig, who's a coach, talking about that. And I'd like to hear from you. We've got an open phone board here. I'd love to hear from you. If you are an athlete and your confidence is waning, it's it's, it's sort of up and down. I'd love to give, give me a call and see if I can help you out. If you coach athletes, I'd love to hear from you about how you can help them develop their self-confidence or if you've ever done anything, do you think maybe to hurt it? You know, one of the things that I I talk about a lot on this show and have for years, if, you, if you've listened to this show, you know that I'm very, very 
into kids sports, youth sports, and the issue of sportsmanship. I've co-authored a book called Just Let Him Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes for Youth Sports with Kansas City Royals Hall of Famer Jeff Montgomery and Olympic Hall of Fame Coach Pete Malone. Swimming Hall of Fame Coach Pete Malone. I work with Pete for almost 30 years with his swim team, the Kansas City Blazers. And I know Jeff from when I was the Royal Psychologist in 1990 and then watching him coach my older son and Pete coach my younger son. And I saw how they worked with, with people. And in our book, we talk about this whole issue. We all fail. We all screw up. How do we handle it? How do we react to it? How do we, how do we respond to it? Everybody's different. But, but failure is something we all have to deal with in our lives in one way or another. And the question is, as we get older, if you're an athlete, if you're playing sports, how do you react to it? You know, baseball is a game of failure. George Brett's in the Hall of Fame, his batting average is like, what, 330, something like that. I got to know him in 1990 when he won his third batting title. I saw how he handled success and failure. You know, I watched him because the guy, first of all, the, the guy's a great guy in my opinion. And I watched every day, I was there full time, had a locker in the locker room, a few lockers away from him. I watched him every day, watched what he did and how he dealt with things. I saw so many great athletes throughout my career, how they've handled it, and they've all had to, they've all had to react to failure. Listen, Major League Baseball players do not like going over, over four, you know, striking out two or three times. Believe me, they don't like it. But they also know they have to figure out a way to overcome it. A pitcher doesn't like walking a guy. You know, the, the World Series here just finished. And let's talk about confidence for a minute with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Blake Snell, to quote baseball players, was dealing. All right? One hit, and I believe it was the sixth inning. Am I right, Jason? Wasn't it the sixth inning where, where then the, the leadoff batter hit got a hit or was it the seventh? I think he was through five and a third, so yeah, the sixth. Yeah, sixth inning. Oh, so... The, he gives up his second hit of the game. All right, second hit of the game. And he struck out nine guys at that point. And what does the manager of Tampa do? Takes him out of the game. Now, because they, they go by something called analytics. Well, they have the best record in the American League. They're in the World Series. Obviously worked. But, here, but here's, the, here's the one thing, and I believe his name is Kevin Cash, if I'm correct. Here's the one factor that I think they didn't think about. The psychological, emotional confidence part right there. In my opinion, now I, you know, I, I don't work with any of them, I don't know any of them, but here's my point. I was watching it with my sister and brother-in-law, actually out in California, I went to visit my mother for the first time in a year. I was able to see my mom, which was great, because she's 89. Anyway, I'm watching this and they, they, they Take him out because he gave up a hit because of their st the statistics. Well, I'm sitting there thinking, and I'm in Los Angeles, by the way, so <laughs> where where the Dodgers are, are from. Anyway, I said to my brother-in-law, I don't, I don't think that's the right thing to do because now the Dodgers are going to go, hey, <laughs> anybody's going to be easier to hit than him. 
And what happens? Boom, boom, boom. It's all of a sudden, then it's two to one. Two hits. Mookie Betts gets a hit. Then the eighth inning, Mookie Betts hits a home run. They win three to one. Because the confidence part, I think, on the Dodgers when Blake Snell came out of the game, I think the Los Angeles Dodgers' confidence went through the roof because this guy was baffling them with his stuff. But statistically, well, you give up a second hit in this situation, you have to take him out. That's where I think the psychological, the emotional, the mental part plays such a key role. Now, I, I could be wrong. I'm not claiming I, I have the answer, but that, that, that was my opinion on that. And that's why confidence, because I listened to the Dodgers over the next couple days interviews, and basically they said that. They said, you know, we couldn't hit Blake Snell at all. But man, when he came out of the game, oh, yes, it's our time. You know, if Patrick Mahomes isn't playing quarterback for the Chiefs in a tight situation, he goes out of the game, the other defense is going to go, oh, this is better. Ben Roethlisberger comes out. Tom Brady comes out. Same thing. Jason, you want to comment on yeah, this? Yeah, so, the, you know, the, you were talking about the Blake Snell thing. The, the opposite of that is fresh in our memories here in Kansas City. 14, Bumgarner dealing against the Royals. Game 7, they bring uh, the Giants bring him out of the bullpen, which is not a normal setup for him. He's on short rest. You know, statistically, he shouldn't have been very well, but he was in the Royals' heads, and the Royals couldn't do anything against him. I was there watching that game from the outfield with my oldest son. So I think that's kind of the, the opposite of the Blake Snell effect there. It, it, it's exactly right, and that's why the, the mental part, the psychological part, the emotional part is so important. So here's the deal. If you're a coach, how do you coach confidence? And if you don't coach confidence, how do you negatively impact it? I think it's by the things you say, by your behavior, by your actions, by your reactions. And with kids, and, and when I say kids, they could be in high school, even in college. You've got to understand their psyche. Some athletes are not afraid to fail. They're not afraid to screw up like Kobe Bryant, like I used. Kobe Bryant's very, let's face it, he was, a lot of people didn't like him because he gave across this cockiness when he played. But, you know, off the, off the court, People loved him. He learned. Look, he, 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 he messed up earlier in his life. You know, had a supposed affair. Did some things he shouldn't have done. But he grew out of that. And I think, you know, what a shame that we lost him. But he learned. He learned from his mistakes. Do you learn from your mistakes as a coach? When you've said something, and here's the thing. We all say things to athletes sometimes we shouldn't say. As a coach out of frustration, out of stress, out of tension. But then afterwards, do you have the guts, the kahunas, we won't use the other words that we could use on the show, but do you have the, the confidence, I guess, in a sense with yourself to go up to that young man or woman and say, you know what, let's talk. I, I, I made a mistake today. I shouldn't have said that to you. I shouldn't have done that. I was wrong. Because you know what, when a coach does that, when a coach admits they're human, as an athlete, what's that do for you? I think it's going to make you want to play for them and feel good about them because you realize they screwed up too. Self-confidence. How do you build it? How do you destroy it? I'd love to hear from you if you're a coach. 
and you have negatively affected a young man or woman you've coached before by something you've said or done. What was it, and how did you learn from it? How did you grow from it? I'd love to hear from you on that. And if you're an athlete, you've played sports, and your confidence was reinforced by a coach or, or hurt by a coach or a teammate, how did you deal with that? When we come back, I'll tell a story about a young man I'm working with now who has a teammate who is very cocky and arrogant and cuts down his teammates and what he's done to try to put this young man in his place. I'd love to hear from you. I'm sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week. This show is about you. It's about your confidence, your attitude, your focus. It's about psychology and sports. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke anime Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. 
It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week. And today's topic is the the issue of self-confidence. And I've been talking about how you build it, how you destroy it. And, you know, it's it's an interesting topic from a variety of perspectives. Um, I've seen how so many people's confidence gets built up, and I've seen how so many people's confidence gets knocked down. And a lot of it's what coaches say to the athletes and what teammates say. So I've got a young man I've been working with who's a baseball player. I mentioned before the break, I was going to bring this up. So this young man has a teammate, and they are high school juniors. He has a teammate who constantly degrades teammates when they mess up. Doesn't matter what the score is, doesn't matter what was, because this guy's a pitcher. So he has an infielder who botches a play, he gets mad at him, cuts him down, gets an outfielder that, that drops a ball, throws the wrong cutoff person, whatever. So the young man I'm working with says to me, Doc, I, I'm just, I'm so fed up with this. I said, Was he ever gotten mad at you? He goes, No, no, he hasn't gotten mad at me. Because he knows if he gets mad at me, I'm going to say something to him. And I said, well, what about your teammates that he's getting mad at? He goes, well, some of them, they're scared of him. I said, well, what's leadership? What's leadership about? I said, leadership is about expressing yourself, taking chances, not being afraid to put somebody in their place. And he said, Doc, you know what? I've, I've got to talk to this guy. It's not about me, it's about everybody else. He goes, there, there's one guy on our team, he's really, really good, but when he makes a mistake, this he yells at him and cusses him out. And I said, what's your coach do? The coach doesn't do anything. I said, well then, I don't know what your coach is, coach is doing coaching because he's not doing his job. So he goes, all right, how should I do it? Well, what do you want to say to him? Well, I want to tell him to basically stop it. I said, well, here's my suggestion. Away from practice, tell him I'd like, can we talk? You know, go, of course, in the pandemic now, you can't really go sit down together and talk that much anymore. But pull him aside and say, listen, we, I'd, I'd like to talk to you and say, look, I, 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 I've got a problem. It's my problem, but it's also a problem amongst a bunch of our teammates. And it's about how you talk to people. And I want to share with you how I feel about the things you're saying. Because when, when somebody makes a mistake, you get mad at them. And then you cut them down. And you know what? It doesn't help. And do you hear anybody get mad at you when you make a mistake? And then, of course, the guy's going to say no. And he goes, and then that's why. So I think you got you got to lay off. Because how'd you like it if everybody jumped on you if you made a mistake? I said, do it like that. So he went out, did that, and the next session comes back. He goes, he goes, you won't believe this. Of course, we do FaceTime sessions. And he said, Doc, he goes, I, 
I did what you said. I, I pulled him aside and I said, look, I, I've got this issue and we got to talk about it. And he goes, well, what? What's the problem? And so I told him basically what we said. And he said, well, people are screwing up, man. They got to they know they screwed up. He goes, well, what about when you screw up? He goes, How do you, what do you want people to do? People don't say anything to you because they're scared of you. And then he's like, they're scared of me? He goes, yeah, because you cut everybody down. I'm not scared of you. And then he said the guy sort of took a step back and said, okay, I'll, I'll try to do a better job of it. Well, then the next couple games they played, some mistakes were made, and he didn't say anything. He said, this guy came up to him afterwards and said, you know what, I didn't realize what I was doing. He said, well, yeah, instead of cutting him down, how about reinforcing him? Because that's what I do. Confidence is the easiest thing in the world to lose and the hardest thing in the world to gain when it comes to sports. When you listen to so many athletes, after, you know, one of the things I, I always am interested in are the post-competition interviews and how an athlete will discuss how they felt about their performance, positively or negatively. And it's interesting when you when you talk to people who are successful, they have this air about them, obviously. They have this demeanor that's upbeat and positive, and you can tell they're in their body language. And then when you hear people talk when they've screwed up it's the opposite you know losing failure is part of everything we do i don't care if you're an athlete if you're a politician if you're a businessman if you're a teacher if you're a salesman doesn't matter what you do we're all going to screw up how we learn from it how we grow from it how we develop from it is the biggest lesson god knows i i'll be 66 next month i've screwed up a lot in my life and I've tried to learn from it and get better. And I know raising my kids as a single parent predominantly in their teenage years, we would talk about this. And, you know, we're, we're all going to make mistakes at things, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. But the question is afterwards, are you – see, if you're confident enough, you'll admit it to yourself and you admit it to the people around you and try to get better at it next time. I mean, that's what I think great leaders do. They're willing to say when they've messed up and grow from it and learn from it. And I think when you look at some of the great greatest coaches we've ever had, the two that come to my mind more than any, anything else, two basketball coaches, John Wooden and Phil Jackson, who both were very, 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 very successful, obviously, but also... You know, Wooden's book, They Call Me Coach, The Pyramid of Success. Phil Jackson's book, Sacred Hoops. And he's written a couple other, I think one's called The Five or Seven Rings, whatever it is. But anyway, The Sacred Hoops, that's one of the best books I've ever read, along with They Call Me Coach. Because they talk in there about building athletes up. Dealing with failure, dealing with negativity, dealing with things when they don't go right. Because that's how we get better. You know, if, if you fail and lose and screw up and don't admit it don't deal with it you're never going to grow you're never going to get any better and the people around you eventually are going to not want to be around you because you're such a downer and a negative person because you don't deal with that stuff and i think in sports let's face it if, if you're an athlete 
everybody's going to see what you're doing. You know, you could fail it. You might fail a math test in school and nobody's going to know but you and the teacher and maybe your parents. But you drop a football pass in the end zone as time's running out. When you're down by five, everybody knows it and everybody's going to have an opinion about it, especially with social media. So I think it's, it, it's so important now more than ever as coaches, as parents, as teammates to talk about screwing up, failing, messing up and how you're going to grow and learn and get better from it. And if you do that, you're going to help everybody around you and you'll help yourself. And and like we said, you know, Jason came on and talked about, you know, the Royals when they won the World Series or excuse me, lost the World Series, but then won the next year. I'm sure losing the World Series in the bottom of the ninth when Alex Gordon was left at third base left a negative taste in their mouth and they wanted to learn from that. They came back the next year and won. The Chiefs, of course, were based in Kansas City, lost in the AFC Championship game to New England in a game that could have could have possibly gone their way. They come back the next year and go to the Super Bowl. I think, psychologically, with both of those teams, those losses built their confidence up for the next year. I wasn't working with either of them at the time, but I think it did, and I think it helped them. All right, I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week. Bring up topics that I think are worth talking about and discussing. And I'd love to hear from you. If you have comments or questions about a topic you'd like me to bring up on this show, you can get a hold of me several ways. My office phone number is 816-561-5556. 816-561-5556. My website is winnersunlimited.com. You can send me a message there. My email is drj at winnersunlimited.com. You can follow me on Twitter at DRJ Sports Psych, at DRJ S-P-R-T-P-S-Y-C-H. Our shows are podcasted here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. They're podcasted on my website, and as I mentioned earlier, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, on Apple iTunes. Encourage people to listen to them if they want to get better, because we talk about things to get better at. And I'd love to hear from you with any comments or questions. If there's a topic you'd like me to bring up on this show, get a hold of me. I'm all ears. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Stay safe, stay well, and we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist, With 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Olivia. 
from Washington. Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger, from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel, from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by End Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council.